Hey listeners, welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Alana, ADHD life coach and social worker. I figured out how to manage my ADHD and now I help others do the same through my content on Instagram, through this podcast, and through online ADHD resources. I just released a brand new masterclass all about motivation to help you understand how to manage your motivation with an ADHD brain. Difficulty with motivation is one of the most common challenges that I work on with my one-on-one clients, and I'm so excited to get this information out to more of you. So I'll leave that link in the description notes, and I hope to see you in there. Thank you guys for being here, and I hope you like this episode. All right. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD Podcast. Season two. Season two. This is funny. Sam and I were just cracking up because for the first time, so we're putting this on YouTube for like season two, like this revamp and we're going to start. We're going to also put them on YouTube. But doing video adds a whole like another level to this of like. I got on the camera and she goes, are you okay? And I was like, is this because you don't like my hair? And to be fair, I didn't love my hair today either. But I've decided to just show up as myself. I'm going to try for sure. You're beautiful. We literally say this every podcast. If we were perfect, we have no business hosting this podcast. None. Get them out of here. Like, no one. Get them out. Good hosts when you can have two realistic hosts. Yeah, exactly. Um, Let me. And it's kind of like the perfect topic today for showing up as yourself because we're talking about dating. Dating. (laughs) If you're here for advice, wrong place. No. But if you're here to talk about how dating with ADHD can be comical, a challenge, annoying, um, unique. Unique and fun. I think if you want advice from your two sisters, just DM us. But if you want to share some experiences, answer some questions, just, you know, I think, and dating is weird. We're just going to be honest with you guys. This is not the first time we've tried to record this episode. Dating for us as two individuals, aside from everything else, it's, it's, it's hard to date now with social media and comparisons and how the flighty everyone is and how personal you can take things and situationships and relationships. Like it's all a lot. And then add the, you add the ADHD components of overstimulation, immediate gratification, um, a tendency to turn inward, look for external, um, what, what word am what I trying to say? Dopamine. Yeah. That type of stuff. I mean, it adds a whole nother layer of complexity and it, honestly it's really isolating on top of already feeling isolated so yeah it's it's a whole thing it's but a- it's supposed to be fun isn't that crazy that's the thing that's wild like is it, this is supposed to be enjoyable well it's really difficult like with dating because there's all these things that I think a lot of us feel like we should explain share off the bat but then it's also like but then are we oversharing are we explaining too much but it's also like you want you know, the, you want people to understand where you're coming from. And like, if we're working on things or like learning about things as we go, and that's an ongoing part of of our life, like the people we're dating, like should know about that, you know, totally. like at what point, how much. And you and I operate on such different extremes with this. You have a tendency to tell them all 
everything in the first, not everything, but you know, like explain where you're at. And I have a tendency, I'm so nervous that it's not going to go well that I hide this stuff. And then I ghost and it's not good. Like it's terrible behavior. And that's only when I'm, when I have the upper hand, when I have, when I'm not controlling the situation, I then go home and I overthink and I wonder, are they going to text me? Are they not? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, so I'm not necessarily doing any of this right either. And I'm actually hoping that this episode will help me get some clarity. Well, to go back, like what you were saying with me with like putting, putting it all out there. Yeah. The reason I do this is because like after years of like how frustrating dating is, I'm like, you know what? Like no secrets. I'm not going to like waste my time. Like I just want to put it all out there. This is me. This is what I'm like. Like, let me yeah. know now if like, you know, so that we don't waste anyone's time because it's exhausting. It, like it is so exhausting. And everyone deals with it differently. Like we deal with it differently, you know? And I'm so inclined to say like, that's so good. But at the same time, do you think that you're operating from a scarcity mindset? Like you're trying to make sure that you don't get hurt. So you put out all of the things that someone could not like up front so that you know (laughs) when you're going to get hurt. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's so valid. And I guess I don't like, I don't gather like all the like bad things and like just (laughs) drop it. But, you know, I am honest with things that I'm working through or, or things like that. But yeah, it's hard. So I asked followers on my Instagram, how does ADHD affect your dating experiences? And so I saved some of the really like uh, the ones that I got a lot of mm-hmm. and the ones that I think me and you will, you know, <laughs> scream, cry over <laughs> If you will. Like agree with. Um, Yeah. But okay. So let me pull this up. So the first one. um, Okay. Well, this one is kind of what we were talking about. Like having no filter, blurting (laughs) things out, and then overthinking about it later. I feel like that's a twofold issue. And for me, it's not so much the blurting out that is the, like, I'll overthink even if I didn't say something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I I overthink, should I have said that? Should I not have said that? Should I have said it differently? Like maybe if this situation were different, it would have turned out, you know what I mean? And the yeah. only solace that I've gotten from that, and I know this because I've lived it, is that the right people, they don't care. Like it doesn't, for them, it's not like, oh my God, why did she say that? You know, and I've had successful relationships and, you know, even not romantically, just with friends and stuff. Friend dating is a real thing, too. Um, The right people don't care. And breaking that habit of overthinking is only is like we can't. There's not a quick fix to that. There's not something that Alana and I can tell anyone that's going to stop that. It's just discipline. And. That goes into also like feel like that feeling of being like too much that mm-hmm. I think is so common in this community. Mm-hmm. Like the feeling of either like being annoying or like I know like I feel that way when I'm like talking about something like I'm super passionate about. You know, there's like there's a million things I really care about that I can't just share. Like I have to have yeah. a draw like I have a strong opinion, I have a lot to say about it. And then after I'm like, does this person think I'm crazy? Like, is that too much? Is that annoying, all that stuff? And like you said, like, I think for the right person, it'll never be too much, you know? And that's yeah. something I try and remind myself. 
I mean, you tell me about dating every time I go to you and I'm like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And you're like, you have to start dating for you. Like, this is literally only about me. It is not about, it's not even about the person I'm on a date with, to be honest. I mean, in a practical sense, yes, it is. It's an equal 50-50 experience. But in the whole scheme of life, this is literally only about me. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole process, like figuring out, you know, what we want and what are our non-negotiables and what are the things that we're willing to compromise on and what are the, you know, what are the things that we recognize as red flags versus like green flags, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of the time going back, this is will probably actually be more helpful than just lamenting. You need to take a second before you go on a date, even if it's the chillest of dates, like you're just going to watch a movie or even if it's a, even if it's not even a date and it's like a situationship thing, you need to remind yourself of your priorities and who you are and where you stand and what you're going to do if this happens and what you're not going to do. Because I find if I have a plan in place, I have less tendency to spiral. And I think a lot of the time we're looking for that dopamine, you know, we're looking yeah. for that, you know, this feels really good. I get rewarded when I do this. So I'm going to do more of this. And you can't trust yourself when you're in that frame of mind, when you're knee deep in the date and it's going really well, or if it's going really bad. So I think it's good to have a moment before you go in to just center yourself. That's so true. And like, think about alternatives. And like, if you don't feel like you're interested, like what to do if you do all that stuff. Um, This is what we do before our dates. I mean, I will call Alana and have a 20 minute freak out session. Do you remember that one date I went on a couple weeks ago where the guy was like, are you a political person? And I was like, I mean, I kind of expect this question. And I'll be honest, I, I am not a political person in, in, in the sense that it's a huge, huge, huge factor of my life. But I am a political person in the sense that I have very solid opinions about where I stand yeah. and my morals and my values interlock quite often and tightly with politics. Yeah. And he said some of the most opposing <laughs> stuff, like seriously could not be more different. Perfect. And I nothing in common. <laughs> love that. Literally nothing in common. And I sat for three minutes trying to figure out like, what? Do, how do I end this? Do I get up and leave? Or yeah. like, do I wait until the date is over? Or so having backup plans is always a good idea because I hate feeling trapped, you know? It is. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Um, you know what I was thinking about too, like with when I remember when I was in, so I was in Israel a couple months ago and one of the dates I went on with this Israeli, like Israelis are very blunt. Like they're very like. Almost to a degree where you're like, am I being punked right now? But it's just the culture. It's just the culture, like just very straight up, especially with like a little bit of the language barrier too. You know, it, it makes more sense to just kind of be direct to say exactly what you mean and stuff, but things that like we wouldn't necessarily say. And so I was on the date with this guy and I had, you know how I ask questions a lot. Sometimes I'm like, I forget, did I ask you this? And then I like, oh, no. I do that all the time. Yeah, Cause I forget, you know? Um, <laughs> and I was like, I forget, what are you doing after this? Or something like, I like asked him a question that I had already asked multiple times. And he's like, um, uh, yes, yeah, so you uh, asked, asked me this already. <laughs> he's like, you're not paying attention. He literally said that. Oh no. And I was like, dude. Uh, But it is, I mean, I think it's along with saying to remind yourself that dating is all about you. It is. 
But for the other person, it's all about them as well. You know, so I think finding, and it's a really easy way to weed out people. It's finding someone with the understanding that it is literally all about you and it is all about them finding someone that you gel with. Like, I think that this, I think that this like visualization of like finding your soulmate and you guys are going to be like a tree that interlocks and grows around each other. It's ridiculous. (laughs) You guys are parallel lines. Everyone in this universe is their own line. And the best types of relationships are people that run alongside each other. Like you never really touch each other. You don't influence the way one person is going, you know? And I think that's why our friendship is so successful and strong is like, I will go to Alana and ask for advice. And she's fully aware that there's times I'm not going to take her advice. And I just wanted to hear her opinion. Like, no. And I think that that's such a perfect example of knowing that it's all about you is that you never influence me in that type of way. And you're never disappointed when you give me advice. And then I do the exact opposite thing. And you're always there to put the pieces. Do you know? It's just like being unapologetically there, I think. And I think that's how you have to show up in the world if you decide to date. And dating for us as people of the ADHD community and people who struggle with mental health and people who might have body image issues, you know, the things that everyone struggles with. I think that dating should be a choice. There are going to be seasons of your life where you're like, this is a healing season. I'm supposed to be single. Yeah. And I also think it's like difficult. Sorry, I'm veering off, but I feel really passionately about this because both Alana and I have parents that are still together they're still married. I just want to point that out. And we come from very similar socioeconomic classes. We both had a similar-ish high school experience, went to similar-ish colleges. You know, like we're very similar in that respect. And I think that means that our parents are probably quite similar to each other, just in the grand context of life. And they have very specific ideas about what I should be doing and when I should be getting married and kids and all of this type of stuff. And I have to constantly remind myself that even though the age gap between me and my parents is only 30 odd years, that's still a significant amount. It's a totally different generation. Yeah, You know, people our age aren't getting married as young anymore. Right. And the rate of divorce is over 50%, which is terrifying. And, you know, there's a lot more factors to consider. And giving birth to children is not is no longer such a simple, easy yes or no thing. There's a lot of gray area. Yeah. And all of it should be taken into account when dating. Definitely. And it's interesting you, br- you bring up my parents. Cause, like I was thinking too, like their relationship, like it is so opposite from like those like parallel lines. Like they are, it is so like intertwined and yeah. they are such like a strong like partnership and like I want that. And like, I want like someone to like challenge me, but also to be there, like you said, to like pick up the pieces and like, it all depends. And like, totally. Yeah. But anyways, let me pull up. I do think that it's helpful to not date alone, like to include your friends in these conversations or a therapist or someone that you can run these things by because dating is super personal, but it doesn't have to be lonely. You know, yeah. it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be fun. That's the thing. <laughs> I have 
Let's remind ourselves of this literally every time we go on a date. Like this is supposed to be. 100%. This is the thing. I say this to you too. Like even when you're going into a date and we don't know if it's going to just be a complete waste of time. We deserve to like go out and have a nice evening with someone whose company we enjoy. Like regardless of like the future of like this person or like we deserve to go out and have a nice date. And like sometimes it feels like that's so impossible. And yeah. Yeah. So, okay, going back to some of these answers from followers, one of the things that I felt so, okay, it's, she said, I've been told I come off as uninterested. It's hard in busy environments. I, I feel this one so much. Like if I'm in a crowded bar, a crowded restaurant, I will sit there and try so hard to just hear what that person is saying. But like my eyes are wandering, like literally I'm looking around. There's like a million different sounds. The environment's completely overstimulating and I'm okay. Like I'm fine, but it does make it really difficult. Like it's not to the point where I want to leave, but it is difficult to like stay focused, to make eye contact. And like, I don't want ever want, I'm so insecure of thinking that someone's going to be like, wow, she must be bored or whatever. And it's like, no, I promise you I'm hearing 11,000 different noises right now and I'm trying to filter them out for me it's facial expression too mm-hmm. people have told me I have like my face comes off like I'm scowling or I look like I'm gonna cry or whatever and I never am but it's really difficult for me to control what I say control the volume at which I say people say I talk really loud which is embarrassing and I hate that um, control what Again, I with the being like too much like that's not like I love everything <laughs> like when no. we get excited about things but yeah I'm literal and it I think like overstimulated environments are really really difficult to date and they bring out all of my insecurities and then I'm like I wonder if my face is doing the thing that I think it's doing like does it look interested but not overzealous and then I'm like trying to control my resting face which is a whole thing. Oh God, it gives me, I'm like getting a headache about it. <laughs> but this is a pro tip. Okay. Actually, no, not a pro tip, not a pro or dating, but what <laughs> is not committing to like for a first date, not com- committing to like a long hour, like a dinner. That's too much. Do not do dinner. Do not do dinner. Coffee is great because it's quick or even just a drink. If that, if you're into that, I love that so much more because at least you have like a definite exit strategy and like worst case you stay longer and like have another drink, but at least, I don't know. There's something for me that's so stressful about like sitting down for like an hour or longer because that's how long dinners take and like having a direct conversation with the person right in front of me, like the entire time that I don't even know if we're going to like have chemistry yet, you know? And what if they don't like the way I eat? (laughs) Like, I know that that's such a minute thing, but it is little things like that that'll throw me off even what before What if we don't I like the way they eat? Yeah, for real. Or like, I don't know. I just, I I've, I read this thing or I listened to it. I don't know what it was. It was a podcast or an article or something. I think it was an article that was talked about on a podcast about like dating trends of 2023. And there's mm-hmm. these long committal stretches of time they're out. Or if you do want to do a longer time, do an activity. Like, yeah, boxing or like or, a walk, even like a little hike. That's all I'm something that you're not like in direct locked eye contact with this other person for yeah. upwards of an hour. I just, uh, Honestly, 
yeah no the quick date or the activity dates the right way to go until you know that like you can sit there with the person and enjoy their company and it's fun yeah another thing I will say that I've run into a little bit more because I think that this is coming into trend more which is so good for people is um sobriety or people who are sober curious for me drinking socially in a healthy way is a large part of my life. I enjoy it. It's never something I've struggled with. It's important to me in a, in a fun way, you know? And I've been on a handful of dates where I show up and the other person tells me that they don't drink. And that can go one of two ways. It really depends on how they handle it. It's the whole, but I don't, I don't drink personally, but I'm very comfortable around people who drink. If you'd like to get a drink, that is totally fine. Or the other way that I've been on dates is that they say, I don't drink. I guess it's okay if you have a drink. Like it's, <laughs> act- it's actively uncomfortable and they don't want me to drink. You're like, so you hate me. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I'm just going to run away now. So yeah. do you think that if you are the type of person that is important to you, whether drinking is, is important and fun or drinking isn't is, is important and it's not fun, like yeah. whichever way you stand on the sobriety scale – there is some stuff to be upfront and honest about before you get to the date. Yeah, definitely. It just kind of like gets it out of the way or makes well, it a little bit easier. In large, crowded situations that's really loud, makes it difficult to hear, difficult to understand, difficult to focus. That is definitely something to be upfront about before you get there. Totally. I will look up the place that we're going and I will look up the menu and I won't like figure out what I'm going to get, but I'll make sure that I understand the layout, where to park. Like if I have to go, like, is this going to be an order at the counter, sit down situation, or is this a sit down and a waitress comes or a waiter comes to me? Like, I just like to know that stuff. And this is kind of random, but it reminded me of it. The worst, like 30 seconds or however long, it's like when you know, like you're waiting right before the person gets there, like literally seconds before that, that's actually like my own personal, like. And I'm not even like, even if I'm not that nervous for the date, there's just, especially with the dating apps, like when you have a person and it's just like right before. You know what I get nervous about with that is like, I try really hard to be honest on my dating apps, like not even with their responses. I know I'm funny. The pictures, I, Alana knows this. She and I have maybe five photos together over our. How many years? God. Okay, Alana and I have been friends for eight years, almost nine, and we have like five photos together. And it's not for lack of trying. I just feel, I'm very specific about the photos that I think I I look accurate in. And I just want to be so accurate so that they don't show up and they're like, wait, what? I know. You know? Okay, so another one is the rejection, like the rejection sensitive dysphoria part. I got so many responses about this. And the thing I wrote down about it was like, makes me overthink everything, makes me feel annoying. Um, you're, you're doubting everything. And any type of like response, you're just like overanalyzing, ruminating. We all get stuck. We can fixate on certain things. And yeah. The one thing I will say about this, and this has taken me like years, like so long to actually like believe because it takes time to like retrain your brain and everything. But like our compatibility with someone and our chemistry like has nothing to do with like our self-worth, you know? And so I am constantly trying to remind myself that like, 
let's say me and this great person have nothing, nothing in common, or we're just not the right person for each other. Like that doesn't reflect on my worth or like anything bad about yeah. me, but it's still, when you're going through it, it still feels so heavy and it's hard. Well, there's this very, very, very overused phrase, but it's like, you could be the most delicious apple in the entire world. You could be a billion dollar apple and there's still going to be people that don't like apples. Yeah. I mean, I've been, well, I've been rejected countless times on a superficial on a deep, deep emotional, I thought I had a connection type of thing. I've been rejected a handful of times and it takes me a really long time in that process to, to remember that my discomfort and emotional sadness about the situation has more to do with the fact that I was rejected than it does about the act, the other person or myself. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not really rooted in anyone. It's just like, Oh, I was rejected. You know, like that sting, it, it really does sting, honestly. And that feels so prominent that like, sometimes it's easier to like focus on that as opposed to like, wait, do I even? And I think that when you're knee deep in pain and hurt, especially when it comes to relationships, it is impossible to get perspective. It is impossible possible and you'll feel like you'll feel like one moment you're totally fine and then the next moment it feels like all the air is being sucked out of the room you know and you can't breathe and it's so frustrating to have a string of good days and then to have one really bad day where you feel like you're set all the way back to the start of getting over someone but like Alana and I have both been through some pretty hellish breakups and some really disappointing romantic situations that either we had to break off or someone else had to break off or, you know, there's nothing. It's so sad. It's so hard. And that was one of the other ones here was like, like dating with heavy emotions and like this emotional dysregulation piece of ADHD, which goes into what you're talking about. Like it's still, we can know all this stuff, but it still can suck so much when you're going through it. Wait, I wanted to read you guys this quote that I found. So it's so funny and we don't have to include this, but we can because it's funny. Do you guys know, like when you're going through it, like whatever it is, do you ever feel like your phone knows? So like my TikTok has been so targeted. Also because we like probably are Googling like how to get over a breakup. (laughs) (laughs) How to become not anxiously attached. But um, I read this quote <laughs> and so it was, I don't know. It's by, it's Sylvia Plath. And if anyone knows anything about Sylvia Plath, she was, she, she went through it her entire life. And, um, it's, she says, I don't know what it is like to not have deep emotions. Even when I feel nothing, I feel it completely. And I find that so true when going through emotional turmoil, even when I feel nothing, I feel like the ground opens up and I'm sucked into this dark hole and I'm all alone, like all alone. And I imagine what it would be like to have you here and I could just text you and whatever and that wouldn't make me feel less alone. Like I just think that we feel things to a level that a lot of people can't understand. And within that, you need to learn how to protect your peace. Yeah. You know, and even if you okay want it, like being yeah. okay with like the 
big emotions. Like I, for so long felt so, I mean, still it's like an ongoing insecurity of being like too emotional, too sensitive, like, and that too sensitive thing. Like, I think a lot of us have heard that. I feel really triggered by too sensitive because my parents call me sensitive all the time. Everyone at school called me sensitive. Boys call me sensitive. Girls have called me sensitive. It's just yeah, like, no, it's okay. And obviously the right person will be receptive and like thoughtful of all that and it won't matter, but it's, um, it's like, when I hear I'm too sensitive, I'm like, and you have brown hair. So, you know, to me, it's like, doesn't like, why you point well, out the what obvious? What does it matter? And also, like, I think this is such a gift. Like the fact that we feel things strongly and are passionate about things. Like, I wouldn't trade that for like, what, just going through life and like not feeling things, you know, like, and obviously it's hard. And I'm not t- saying it doesn't, you know, it does bring challenges, especially with dating and stuff. But just learning to own it. Like it's one, it's just, it's how we are. I think that the big mindset shift that we have to make within this community and also like just as individuals is like, you're so right. It is not a bad thing to be sensitive, but how can you, how can you move throughout the world in a way where your sensitivity and the the emotions that you feel aren't impacting you on a negative way, in a negative way. Do you right. know? Like being able to move through them and feel them. Exactly. Like I do this thing that I realized even the other day where therapists, not to me so much as, you know, to other things I've read, have always said the only way to move through your emotions is to feel them. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I'm feeling them all the time. Yeah. But I think I realized that I'm so uncomfortable with the fact that they're going to last forever, that I over-rationalize it. And I'm like, well, you know, I see where the other person was coming from. If they didn't want to be with me, like I've done this before, blah, blah, blah. But that's just a defense mechanism so that I don't have to feel the hurt and rejection. And then that makes the hurt and rejection last for so much longer because I'm not accepting the fact that this is how I feel. This piece of like the dealing with our emotions and and working through them. It's so significant. And like the one thing that I constantly remind myself and you do this to me too. You remind this, you remind me of this. You're like, like it will not always feel as heavy as it feels right now. And like, I have to remind myself all the time. I'm like in this moment, this feels probably 10 times more than it will in an hour in a day, whatever. But I think that's part of the like emotional dysregulation is like just feeling it so strongly and it taking over and not being able to see anything else. And, and it's difficult. And this is where I want to like share this stuff, like with the people, like, I can't imagine, like, I can't, I wouldn't be able to date someone for a day without them knowing that like, sometimes like I get overwhelmed and this is like what I do. And and I want to cancel every, all my plans for the rest of the week, but then I'll end up being fine and not needing to cancel anymore. It's just how it goes, you know? And obviously I'm working on this stuff, but we all are, you know? If I can give one recommendation of a mind, a mindfulness thing before we go, if you have not watched Stuts on Netflix, please, 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 please do. It is incredible. It's an interview with Jonah Hill's therapist when he, and he actually mentions this. There is never a bad thing that it's going to happen if you meet someone out for coffee or a drink or a meal might not go very well. You might not want to be there. You might realize that you're two totally different people, but you will get something out of it. And it is human connection. And in my opinion, that is people always ask, what's the point of life? The point of life is to meet and to, to love and to heal through other people. Like 
even if, if it goes terribly you just call your best friend and like laugh about it yeah and now you have something to actually write a book about people love funny people and my <laughs> funny the times i am my funniest is in situational humor so Okay, that is what we will close off on. Guys, Sam, we've traveled a lot together. Like we said, we've been friends for years. Sam is the most the most smooth flirting person I've <laughs> ever heard. I mean, obviously you can tell the way I'm saying that. Like I clearly can't make words into something. <laughs> but like I can't explain. Like when Sam opens her mouth in like dating situations, like the most amazing things just come out. She's so funny and smooth. Like I need you to give me that. And obviously it's just a personality thing. Like I'm not like it's, it's like my brain shuts off. I can't explain <laughs> it, but you I can sniff out the type of guy that likes to be negged, like likes to be teased, you know? And then I tease them. And then I can also sense the type of guy that likes to talk about like accomplishments or accolades, you know, but, and it's, that's, but it's also not very good because I've totally lost myself in what other people want and the way that other people communicate, but do find yourself a friend that's pretty smooth because it's fun. It makes it way easier for the one who doesn't talk as well. Never need flirting tips. I'm not so good over text, but in person, whoo, I got you. Yeah, seriously. Honestly, we should just do like Flirting tips from Sam. Flirting tips from Sam. It will go nowhere. And you guys will end up making a lot of friends. Just a lot of friends. I give off friend vibes. But That's hilarious. Anyway. This is fun. Um, I really like this. But yeah, we'll definitely do another episode on this, going over some other things that you guys responded to, to that question. Yeah. We'll talk, we should talk about relationships. Like there's so many things we could talk about in this realm of things. So Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you. Um, This was fun for us. I feel like this is, yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, this is fun. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And if you feel like checking us out on YouTube, please do that. (laughs) Um, There's a whole video of us being weird. So (laughs) there you go. All right. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Have a good week. Thank you so much for listening and tuning into this episode of the Absolutely ADHD podcast. As I said before, you can find us on Instagram at absolutely.adhd and go ahead and message us. Let us know what you want to hear more about. And don't forget to like, subscribe, give us a rating, all that good stuff so we can continue sharing this information with more amazing ADHDers. Thank you guys for listening and I hope you have a good week.